Our lives have been turned upside down by this pandemic, but we're going to get through this. No peace! No justice! No peace! Breonna Taylor! We're going to know how to be resilient and how to bounce back and how to adapt to whatever life is going to throw at us. Let's use this as an opportunity to create a system that's better than the one that we've been in for so long. We're just trying to think outside of the box for a tough time like this. You can't get this wrong because it's never been done before. All you can do is try. You make a mistake, you fix the mistake, you move forward. That's where we are. There's an opportunity here to change how we do education. So how do we change education? That big question doesn't have easy answers. But now's the time to dig in, to listen to each other and to work on solutions. Because the decisions we are making right now are already determining our future. Plug into GA's new podcast, Bright Future Start Now. We'll talk with real change makers about real issues. And we need you to be a part of the conversation. I'm Cecilia Thompson, Executive Director of Action Greensboro and co-chair of the recent Smart Bond campaign. And I'm Reverend Frank Thomas, pastor of Mount Zion Baptist Church in High Point, and I am also co-chair of the recent Smart Bond campaign, but I really work for Cecilia. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and I'm Winston McGregor, the president of GEA, and I suspect one day we'll all be working for Cecilia. <laughs> But I'm excited to have Cecilia and Frank here with me to talk about school facilities and the recently passed Smart Bond campaign uh, for $300 million, which I call kind of a down payment or a phase one on our big $2 billion master school facilities plan. I want to start with just a little bit of background. Uh, in 2019, the Board of Education and the county commissioners unveiled a $2 billion uh master facilities plan for our public schools here across Guilford County. Uh, that plan calls for us to rebuild, renovate, and upgrade our schools. And it makes an investment in every single one of our schools. So we passed the $300 million. There is already conversation about a follow-up uh, in a year or so for another 1.7 so that we would have the full $2 billion. And that could happen in 2022. So that sets us off on really a five or 10 year long project. So I'm going to start with a question. Um, we're in a pandemic. People, there's a lot of cliches. It, times are uncertain. These are dynamic times. So why is now the time to take on something this bold related to school facilities? I think that. One important factor in this conversation is that the $300 million passed at, what, 73.5% yes. right. approval right. from Guilford County voters right. in a really heated election, mm -hmm. right? There was a lot of people that came out to vote. So we weren't looking at sort of a 15% turnout during a primary. We were looking at That's like right. a really high turnout right. election that was not only a, a moment for Guilford County, but moment for our nation. And so people came out. They voted yes in a strong way. And so that gave us good faith that this is a good time to be investing. And the other thing, I think, looking back to some other challenging times within our history locally, our history in the nation in terms of the 08 recession, that was a time where we all had to sort of step back and say, 
what are the major investments that we need to be thinking about in the future for Greensboro? And when we did that at Action Greensboro, for instance, that was a time to really think about planning. And a lot that came from 08 was planning around how we strategic around higher education, which then brought us Union Square Campus and the STEM Early College at North Carolina A&T. It helped us think about strategic investments in the downtown Greenway, and that's near you know completion now. So we made a lot, and I'll add Tanger also was a, a priority right. at that time when we said, where do we want Greensboro to be once we get out of this? And it's funny, we say now, where do we want Greensboro and Gopher County to be once we get out of this? And so this is the moment to really think about what are the investments that we need to make strategically in the city that are going to make us better on the other side of this. And I think the number one priority is our schools. It goes without saying, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, not necessarily that it passed, but that it passed so overwhelmingly. It was clear that the people of Guilford County understood how important it is to invest in our schools. And that's a good word. That's a good word for us to use is investment. So when you make an investment, wherever that is, there's always some risk, right? They always talk about no risk, no reward. The greater the risk, the greater the reward. Well, what are we willing to invest for our children? Not what is it going to cost, but what are we willing to invest in the future of our children? I think $2 billion, sure, over the course of the next 10, 15 years, is not too much of an investment looking at what we, what the return will be on that investment. And I think expanding that to investment in our workforce, right? Certainly. It's not just, Certainly. you know, the kids that are currently in the K-12 system. It's really about this pipeline of workforce that we're looking at from an economic development perspective that it's either going to be a really added advantage or an Achilles heel in 10 or 20 years. And so- as we think about on the other side of this, you know, what kinds of, a, of risky and, or calculated risks can we make to make strategic investments in our facilities? And, and I'll add, not just in the, the bond space, but in the operations, in teacher salary, all of that. Yeah, I mean, Cecilia, you in particular, you've traveled a lot around the country. You've paid attention to mid-sized cities and how mid-sized cities are building their infrastructure and becoming the place where companies want to invest, where people want to live, where young people want to come live. I mean, what do we risk when we don't do this mm. investment? When you think about the other cities that you've looked at <laughs> and your colleagues who are working in this space like you are, what do we risk if we don't do this? Sure. I think especially now as the impact of COVID has made on major metropolitan areas like mid-sized cities are, this is our time now. Like we got to get in the game. And, and we at Action Greensboro in conversations with Wichita and Tulsa and Birmingham and other mid-sized communities in terms of how they are thinking about their advantage in attracting and retaining best and bright talent. And so a part of that conversation not only is in the investments in terms of sort of the built environment around parks and placemaking and those sorts of things, but what are the, the services that governments, you know, provides to our residents to, to make their lives fruitful. And a lot of that is our public education systems and our higher ed systems and how those are interdependent and interrelated. What will we end up with if we don't invest in our children? We end up with uneducated children, right? Uneducated children become uneducated adults. Uneducated adults become unemployed adults. More often than not, unemployed adults end up becoming a part of some social or criminal justice system. So we can either pay now <laughs> or yeah. we pay later, but we will pay. So something that the superintendent mentions as well that we we don't talk about as much 
What about the economic and workforce development that will take place during the building and working of these schools? We're going to create jobs in Guilford County, you know, and people are looking for work. If maybe through GTCC or other places that have these apprenticeship programs and these other kinds of certifications where a child may not want to go to college, well, what if I can go get a six-month certificate in plumbing or electrician or whatever the case may be, then I can go and work a job site for the next 10 years or or get hired by a company that's working on a job. You know, so there are all kinds of benefits to short-term benefits that we don't have to wait until 10 years down the road. What have you two learned about how we got here? Like, why are our schools, I mean, I've got a copy of the facilities (laughs) score here that we have a plan that needs to touch every school, that we don't have a single school that doesn't need some kind of infrastructure investment. Even the newest schools. Even the newest schools lack some of the technology and safety and security investments that are commonplace now in schools and in communities across the country. So what have you learned in this work, this labor of love about how we got here? Well, I think it's it's a lot about priorities and I think philosophies in terms of those those investments, right? And if you look at sort of the history of the tax base and the tax rate in Guilford County and the decisions that our elected officials have made after the reevaluation, not necessarily lowering the tax rate versus keeping it rate neutral and not taking on additional dollars that were being generated from local sales and property taxes, you know, not taking advantage of those and deferring maintenance, essentially. I mean, I think that's the bottom line. We've deferred maintenance for a long time in terms of making sure that our schools and the investments that we need in the facility. I live in a 1924 house, right? It takes a lot to <laughs> keep it bit up and not let it fall down in the ice storm or whatever that is. And if I decide not to do any improvements to my 1924 home, then, you know, you can make a guess in terms of what it's going to cost later if there's mold in the house. You can only kick the can so many times. Right. You know, so and deferring maintenance um, is just it's, it's antiquated. I mean, we did a rally at a school that was built in 1954. I Kaiser. Think. Kaiser. Yeah. And Ned on our committee, Ned yes, McMillan, yes. Is, was the first class in, in Kaiser right. Middle School. And That's he right. was like standing out there like, what have you guys been doing the last yeah. 50 right, years? Right, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and to Cecilia's yeah. point, I pastor a church that was built in 1924 that sits right next door to Penn Griffin School of the Arts. Well, back in the day, that was um, William Penn High School, a seg- the, the black school in High Point. That was shut down in 19 after the class of 1968 graduated. That class graduated and that school sat empty for several years before they decided to reinvent it and, and it become a magnet school and, and reopened. So um, and I'm guessing they probably did not go back and fix all the things that were wrong in 1968. They probably just opened the doors, washed the windows, did whatever and opened the school. I, I, I'll plug uh, principal for a day through GEA. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. it's such an awesome yes. opportunity to really go into the schools and see the state of the facilities, but also have this breath of fresh air when you're talking to principals and yeah. teachers who are doing their best to make it work. Right. And and just last fall, I went to Faust Elementary and took time. The to, lowest score yeah. in the of all 125, it has a 20 out of 100 on its building wow. school yep. at Faust. Wow. Shout out to Principal Dixon, my hero, yeah. um, for, for really empowering and inspiring um, the educators that work with him. And 
they were on Zoom and doing dances and, you know, make, just making it work. And meanwhile, I think that that school was built in the 50s and it had sort of these like walls that literally could like open accordions. Those walls are now falling over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. It, I The year before I went out to um, uh, to Moorhead Elementary and I was touring with their principal and she opened a, a closet and this there's a teacher and a student in there and they were doing an ESOL class. And in the storage closet, they had a a work table on its side and she was using the side of the table as the chalkboard with Mm. the student and there's stuff all around them because it's a storage closet. So I'm just plugging principal for a day because you can see it um, as it is and it's inspiring and also eye-opening. And I think to go back to your question, Winston, it's like to oversimplify the the challenges that we're facing in a community is if we're not investing to our schools and our workforce isn't ready, then how are we supposed to uh, recruit and retain high paying jobs, which create our tax base, which then allows us flexibility to make these strategic investments. And so I don't want to point a finger at the county for the decisions that they've made in the past, but I do as a community, we need to wake up to the idea that if we don't make investments now, our tax base is not going to grow and that's not going to give our community the cap- capacity to do these kinds of investments. So that's oversimplifying a very complicated thing. But but we do invest other places. And yes. so now is the time. Like uh, Amazing. Grocery stores, <laughs> movie theaters, banks, libraries, our hospitals. And then and um, they will but they will argue those are private dollars. Yeah, well, but you they know, aren't but all, right? They're hospitals not all. Are, yeah, they're, they're not, sorry, uh, the science sorry. center has yeah. been built with yeah. lots of bond dollars. These yeah. have been great investments right. in our community, incentives right. that, and things that have been provided. So we see it in other places mm-hmm. and it really is how how did we do that, right? How did we get to this point where we decided schools just weren't worth it and not worth the effort? So I think we have an opportunity here. Everybody knows that if you're trying to entice a new worker, a new employee, you know, if, if somebody's going to move to a new area, the first thing they do is look at the school district. You know, when we came here in 2004, we, we don't have school aged children. But before I bought my house, I looked at the school district and what district was my house in and which schools you know, serviced, you know, if I had kids, where would they go to school? And I, I did, I I rode around before I bought, I didn't have school age children. Yeah. So there's a dynamic in Guilford County. Well over 70% of our residents don't have school age children. So they're either younger or haven't, or decided not to do this in their life Mm -hmm. um, or they're older and and, kids are gone. gone. So that's an interesting dynamic in our county versus some other counties that have a much younger population and may be paying more attention to the school experience. School is personal. We think about when we were in school. When I say a labor of love for the two of you, neither of you have kids in school. Um, And so yet you're, and you're not getting paid to do this work. I mean, I say all the time, your rewards are in heaven. (laughs) And um, so... Talk about what it is that makes you get up and spend that extra time to go to the rallies, to call people, to crunch the numbers, to because this gets to be nitty gritty work to galvanize a community around this, and you all are doing that. Tell well, me about why you do that. Part, part of it, part of it. I mean, I can't, you know, I can't be quote unquote call myself a preacher minister and then don't do what I preach about. Um, Christ did not call us to come to church or build the church. He called us to be the church. 
And to be the church for me is infecting and affecting the community in which our church resides. A few years ago, they asked me to chair the United Way campaign in High Point. And when they asked me and I didn't blink, I didn't think, I said, okay. And they were like, huh? You don't have to ask your wife. You don't know. Well, there's never the wrong time to do the right thing. Never the wrong time to do never the right Never the thing. wrong time to do the right I thing. I will say the hardest part about co-chairing the Smart Bond campaign is uh, following Frank in the responses, <laughs> um, whether that is on a podcast or at a community rally. Um, so that's a hard act to follow. Um, you know, I, I think public schools are sort of a part, uh, a major part of American de- democracy. And I'm, uh, and I'm a, as I said, a, a lover of mid-sized communities, and I'm a product of public education. And so... I, I don't have kids, um, but I really, truly believe that if, you know, we have to invest in our public schools for the future of, of our county and really the future of America. And so think about all the things that you, you know, you learned in the classroom, whether that was civics or, or music or like how communities function and work. And you were in this sort of melting pot of different kinds of people and different kinds of friends and that shaped who you were. And so I feel really strongly about that. I also think that there is it's this common thread across geography too within communities and the sense of being a neighborhood school or meeting people from other neighborhoods and and our public schools here play a huge role in that. And if you look at the disparities, the racial disparities and economic disparities across Guilford County, our schools aren't just um, places where kids go to learn. They're more than that. They're multi-purpose facilities, whether they're um, you know, where they get breakfast and lunch and maybe take home dinner or pick up, you know, clothes or, or whatever that is. And so we become more compassionate people when we're in these facilities, whether they're the classroom traditional learning experiences or these community hubs that that our schools are. And so, um, as I said, I think they're just like they're this really deep entrenched core of sort of who we are as Americans. And I, and I want to hold true to that mm-hmm. locally. So, Cecilia... A few more questions here for both of you, but Action Greensburg's recently launched the Boomerang Initiative. It's really designed to bring folks back to this mid-sized city, and we are competing. Greenville, South Carolina, Knoxville, Tennessee, Birmingham, Alabama, Wichita, Kansas. So tell us a little bit about that initiative and how you think that dovetails or relates to this work. Yeah, so the Boomerang Campaign is an effort to um, reach out to people who may have grown up here, they may have um, gone to university here or worked here professionally, and we want them to come back uh, to Greensboro. And we see boomerangs everywhere in in our city. Winston, you're a boomerang. Um, And um, this idea really came pre-COVID, really sort of recognizing the dynamic and interesting leaders that are in our community that are deeply rooted here, but left and got expertise and brought it back to the city. And so we said, let's do this. And COVID really sort of shined the light on remote working and unique attributes that Greensboro has in terms of a lot of people are thinking about leaving major metropolitan areas for green spaces and quality healthcare and great schools, things like that. So this is an effort to bring people back. And we are in the early stages of the campaign. And I think a lot of the questions that people are having when we reach out to them is, you know, what's what's my professional networking opportunities? Where am I going to work if I'm not re- remote working? What kinds of neighborhoods are there? And what kind of schools are there? And so we're having to answer these questions. And so when we think about, you know, recruiting talent or recruiting businesses, um, as Frank mentioned, uh, first question among many is always, you know, what are your public schools like? And what are what are the choices? And I'll say that 
we have great schools here in Guilford County, and that's a testament to the teachers and the educators and people like you, Winston, that are, that are on the school board. And so we're able to not only brag about our choice schools in terms of Weaver or Early College at Guilford or like whatever those are, mm -hmm. but also our neighborhood schools. And I want to brag about passing a $300 million bond yeah. to say that, you know, our community is investing. And that was the option on the menu, right? right. They didn't have a sliding scale to say, right. I want 300 <laughs> or I want $2 billion. What was on the menu was $300 yeah. million, And they right. said yes. And so we're a community that strongly said we, we're, we're interested in, in investing. And that's a message that we're, we're pushing out. That's great. All right. So how can people get involved? What are some ways that as we move through this over the next three months, six months, start spending the $300 million, start advocating for the next $1.7 billion. How can people can connect and get involved? Stay tuned and, and pay attention, yeah. right? There are school board meetings. Yeah. There are county commission meetings. Right. There are new commissioners to connect with. And so if you have a new commissioner or if you haven't connected with your commissioner that's still there, reach out to them and tell them that you're interested and you think that this is a priority and let's finish the facilities master plan. I think that needs to be the the push right now is to make sure that we don't have any surprises yeah. um, when we're putting a bond on the on the ballot next time. Pay attention to how the $300 million is going to be used, yeah. because I think that's going to help with our follow-on campaign, that it will build some credibility with us, the commissioners, the school board, and all of that stuff. So it's going to be a, not just an investment or a down payment, but it's going to be a launching pad um, for the follow-on campaign, which is what we, again, why we did it the way we did. So, Tell me what SMART stands for in the SMART bond campaign. Safe, modern, accessible, renovated, tech-ready school. So when you're thinking about Guilford County five or 10 years from now, you know, what does that bright future mean to you? What do you see five, 10 years from now as we move through this and we're successful? City of High Point's model, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's something like to be the most safe, livable city in America. I want to be able to look back, you know, not for Cecilia or I, but I want to be able to look back and hear the buzz about what Guilford County did for their schools around the country. I want people to talk about us the way they're talking about Greenville, South Carolina. Not that we do it for the recognition, but, you know, hey, if you do things for recognition, you'll always be overlooked. People will pass you by. But if you do it for the right reason, if you do the right thing for the right reason, people can't help but notice. I think in five years, I, I would love to see Guilford County as an engaged and informed and educated community that pays attention to data and metrics as we make strategic decisions. And that's something that we're really trying to do now. And then we're thinking about schools not only as classrooms and learning experiences, but community hubs that can be integrated, whether that's workforce or other needs that can wrap around the neighborhoods that need us the most. And I'm hopeful that the progress that is made in the next five years, whether that's the $300 million and the execution of those bonds, but also the win of future bonds mm -hmm. and future investments that we make as a community, and that we're seeing the fruits of those labors. And I'll be really proud of the work that we get done in the next. Uh, what, 11 months yeah. and be happy about that. But continuing to think about what's next and what's next is not just the buildings, but the operations and mm -hmm. the That's advancements right. in career technical mm -hmm. education and, and teacher pay and all that stuff. Wouldn't it be great when kids are walking into their school buildings and their eyes are wide yeah. and, you know, they say, wow, wow. right? Yeah. Or when people are visiting our community 
and thinking about living here or relocating a business here, and they walk into a school building and say, oh, yeah, I want my kids to go here. I want my employees to have access to this amazing yeah. Or when there's facility. a family event, some child says, hey, grandma, let me come, let me show you where I go to school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I'll just add, I hope that this um, shows an increase in – in children in the school system, yeah. we've seen a decline in, in parents that are sending their kids to, to go for county schools. And mm-hmm. I think that's a reflection on on all of us. Okay, three quick questions before we wrap up. Favorite subject in school, Cecilia? Uh, it's a tie between civics and band. <laughs> I love it. Frank? Uh, it, it likewise, um, math and course. We'll start a band next. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. Okay, favorite teacher? Mr. Flowers. It was the first African-American male mm. um, that I really tried to be like. I wanted to be like him. I didn't want to be a teacher necessarily, but he remi- he was he reminded me a lot of my uncle, and uh, he was there for me in a very tragic time in my life, and Mr. Flowers, my fifth grade English teacher. Cecilia? Uh, Jim Owens, Mr. Owens was my humanities teacher my senior year at in high school, and he really just inspired me to to really think about um, leadership. And the two of us put this group together that advocated for school um, improvements oh. um, to the school board, and it and it really showed me sort of this empowering feeling that you have when you're when you're pushing for something that you know is not just benefiting you but benefiting a lot of people and i um i sent him when we won the the 300 million i I sent him a note and said (laughs) i thought of you oh i love that and uh i believe education is important because i believe education is important because um i'm reminded i think it was martin luther king jr he may not have necessarily been in a speech, but it was one of the things that he believed. It's the one thing, one of the few things that nobody can ever take from you. You can lose your house, you can lose your money, but once you have education, nobody can ever take that from you. I think that educated citizens are more compassionate citizens, and they can kind of see themselves in other shoes and other places, and that we can kind of come out of not only the the COVID pandemic, but also sort of a, a time in, in our nation's history that seems to be tearing people apart more than together. And I think the more that we can invest in education, the better we'll be. Every child that's touched in this district is potentially a, a model citizen. So um, the more we can do for them, the better. I also want to give one more shout out. And that <laughs> is that Frank and I are just two people that worked on the SMART campaign. Yeah, we had yeah, a really awesome yeah. committee and it was full of all kinds of people, yeah. parents and um, non-parents and people from High Point and Greensboro. It really was this cool cross-collaborative yes. um, committee. Well, thank you because it paid off and we are ready to go. And I think the time is right. We see this support. And, you know, there were organizations also out there coordinating with the bond mm-hmm. campaign, right. the teachers yep. and yep. local advocacy organizations and the NAACP and the chambers. And we really do see evidence that people are for this. And we had 178 educators come out on election day and work the polls. You had to take a vacation day to do it. Correct. Yeah. The law requires that. Yeah. The law requires that. So 178 educators took a vacation day to To work work the polls. That's right. It's awesome. Well, thank you all so much for your leadership. Again, your rewards are in heaven. Yeah. 
Frank's going to make sure of it, Cecilia. Yeah. He's got a direct line. When the campaign wrapped up, I think Frank said a prayer and I made a martini. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And you can help us build great schools by sharing this podcast with others. Let's stay connected. G-E-A-N-C dot org.